If we haven't met before, my name is Ashley, and I'm one of the pastors here, and we are in a series called Connect the Dots. Connect the Dots, all about human connection. We've been talking about empathy. We've been talking about unity, trust, and forgiveness. And I am excited for what we're talking about today. I felt a burden from God for it a couple weeks ago. I know this message is for you today. So here we go. We're talking about emotions. Come on. I love you guys. You're excited about them. Maybe you're like, I love talking about my feelings. Let's hold hands and do a kumbaya and cuddle and talk. Or maybe you're like, ooh, feelings. Can we just not talk about feelings? Or you're like, I don't know what to do with my emotions. No matter where you're at, this message is for you. There are things that maybe you didn't learn or face in childhood that you are still carrying as an adult, but you don't have to keep carrying them. You can learn how to process those things safely and completely. You can learn how to face things that are uncomfortable and hard, and you can be stronger on the other side of those feelings. Our emotions are an important part of how God has wired us. We are three-part beings, and if you've been around Hope, you might have heard this before. We have a body, our flesh, this is our covering, our carcass, the thing that returns to the dust when we die. My daughter was asking the other day, how do we become dust, though? So then we were talking about, well, there's a couple different options that happen. Anyway, <laughs> you have a body, and then we have a spirit, and our spirit, when we trust in Jesus, our spirit wakes up. It connects to Jesus. It's born again, and it runs after God. Come on. And we have a soul. Our soul is made of our mind, which is all of our thoughts, our will, which is our desires, and our emotions. Emotions is an important part of our soul. And we are the only beings on the planet with all of these components, and it's beautiful. I love the way that God made us. He gave us emotions for a reason. And when it comes to our soul, much of our growing up years, our education is focused on our intellect, our thinking, our IQ, our tests. We memorize facts, we take tests, we pursue knowledge, and those are really good things. Our education focuses on our will. It talks about be whoever you want to be and don't impose your will on someone else. But then we are not trained on our emotional intelligence. We're not really taught about relationships. Our knowledge of them is kind of more caught than taught. We're not really taught about emotions. Um, mostly we learn these things from parents or caregivers who unintentionally or maybe sometimes on purpose share what they were taught. Uh, a few weeks ago, my family got home uh, late one evening, and it was dark out. We went into our house, and some of the lights were still on. And my four-year-old son was like, "Ah, dang it, somebody left the lights on. But he did not say dang it. And I was like, oh, no. Well, I hope he doesn't say any of those words over in Legends. Like, that's horrific. <laughs> I'm like, hey, buddy, where did you learn that? And his older sister is always happy to tattle and share things. So she said, well, Mima always says that to her dog when we're at her house. <laughs> Nobody taught him to say that, but he picked it up. And that's what most of us do. Uh, studies show that 75% of adults were not taught how to process emotions in a healthy way. We learned an attachment imprint as we grew up, a soul imprint. And it can make it difficult for us to connect. But with Jesus, come on, we can learn a new connection. We can learn how to use our emotions. My parents were amazing. They were next level. I honored them so much. They did their very best. 
They're both with Jesus now. But we never talked about our feelings. We just didn't. Think about your training as a child. Maybe you came from a house like me where we don't talk about it. We don't talk about Bruno. (laughs) Or you're currently a teenager in training. Or right now, maybe you're really intentional with your kids. Maybe you're somebody who, when your kids start crying, you kind of get triggered. Like, go to your room when you're crying until you stop. Or maybe your parents have said to you, I'll give you something to cry about. Or maybe you get to the root of the sadness. Maybe you validate feelings that are real and help them process them according to the truth of who God says they are. How we love people and how we connect to people, how we relate to people, those are the things that matter the most. Your relationship with your spouse, it matters a lot. If it doesn't work, nothing else works. Your relationship with your kids can be a source of joy or heartache. Your relationships at work, they impact everything you're doing at work. You might be really good at your job, but spend a lot of time on drama at work trying to figure out relationships around the water cooler. I love King David. He was a man after God's own heart. And he was really good at identifying, expressing, and managing his emotions. When David was happy, he showed it. The Ark of the Covenant was returned to um, his city, and the Bible says that he danced before the Lord with all of his might, like crazy dancing. His clothes are kind of exposed a little bit, and his wife was like, ah, ew, that's embarrassing. What are you doing? And he said to her, in God's presence, I'll dance all I want. I love that. He was not afraid to express his emotions. Come on. And that's what we got to do in worship this morning. I love our band. You know, the way they're like, come on, Jesus, we love you. Jumping up and down, dancing around, giving us permission to express our emotions too. Another time, uh, one of the guys was carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and it kind of fell, and he touched it, and he died because, according to God, nobody should touch the Ark of the Covenant. And the Bible says that David got angry. That's a real thing. And then he channeled that anger to make sure the Israelites handled it properly. So he learned from it. He used his anger to help their situation. He expressed his anger, and he used it to fix a problem. David got angry. Another time, he had a baby that died. And the baby was sick, and while the baby was sick, the Bible says he fasted. He was mourning. He prayed for that baby. He wouldn't eat says his advisors were really worried about him, and then the baby died. And they were like, oh, I'm so scared to tell him because he has been really struggling. And they tell him, and the Bible says he got up and he ate. And they're like, what are you doing? And he said, why should I fast now? Can I bring the baby back again? And, you know, I think that's why we get food at funerals, because people know we need to eat. You need to eat. You need to face things, and there are different seasons for different emotions. His son Solomon, who was born after that baby, said to everything there is a season, this is Ecclesiastes, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. He's made everything beautiful in its time. I love that. There's a season for everything, for crying, for laughing, for mourning, for dancing, Those seasons are beautiful. That's what he says. He loves those seasons. And they don't last forever either. There's a timeline on them. 
Different seasons have different feelings. Don't miss the seasons. When you are in a season, feel those feelings. Learn the lesson that God has for you. Experience the connections. Don't do it alone. If God has something for you that you need in your life, that you need to feel, that you need to learn from, if you avoid it, he'll allow it to come back around so that you can still gain what he has for you in that season that you need for the next season. He's so good, he'll do that for you. Does that mean that God makes bad things happen? No, not at all. That is not who he is. He takes hard things and he works them together for our good and for his glory. That's who he is. That's what he does. So how do we process? 75% of us don't know how. Let's look at what God says about it. Step one, face the feeling. Face the feeling. This is self-awareness. Identifying what am I feeling and why am I feeling this way? Did you know that emotions are neutral? There aren't good and evil ones, positive and negative ones. They just are. They're neutral. They're emotions. Maybe you're horrified when you feel an emotion or maybe when you feel certain emotions. Like if you're sad, you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to feel that. You don't have to apologize for your emotions. I used to hate crying because I felt like I am being really vulnerable. But do you realize that God created crying to be a very visible thing? Like people see when your eyes are watering and that gives them a chance to connect with you. He created us for connection. I have a friend who, whenever he's sick, his eyes just water all day. And we're always joking with him like, are you okay? Because he's so sweet all the time, eyes watering. It's a visible thing. Maybe you feel like if you start crying, you'll never stop. It'll stop. Your body will do what it's created to do, and you will rest. Or maybe for you, you're afraid to express joy. You get a promotion, and you don't want to seem prideful, you know. So you don't celebrate. You just kind of play it cool, like, yes. It is not prideful to celebrate the blessings that God has given you. Don't suppress it. Come on. I love our school, Hope Christian Academy. Uh, I, I watch the kids there, and sometimes, you know, even at a young age, kids grow up and start to learn, like, oh, I got a good grade. I don't want to celebrate too much. No, celebrate your good grade. Come on. I love that we get to root that out of kids and say, celebrate. Sometimes we think people make, make fun of us, like David's wife. Doesn't matter. Look at your day today. What have you felt so far? We're going to put some words up on the screen to help you put a voice to your feelings. And I'm not going to read through all of them, but I would love for you to take a picture with your phone so you have this. And this is just some of the things you could be feeling, and there are so many other emotions. I was reading there's like thousands of emotion combinations, actually. It's amazing how God created us. For each emotion that we feel, David also felt that thing. And I love how he expresses his emotions so well in the Psalms. So whenever you're feeling something, if you're feeling anxious, you can read Psalm 56. If you're feeling angry, Psalm 13. You know, whatever you're feeling, God has wisdom for that. 
David shows us how he expressed those emotions, and that's how we can learn to start facing our feelings too. David was good at expressing his emotions to people because he practiced expressing his emotions to God. God was his best friend. He poured out his heart to him, and he held nothing back. I want to show you some of the Psalms, just three of them. Psalm 92.4, you made me so happy, God. I saw your work, and I shouted for joy. How magnificent your work, God. How profound your thoughts. I love that. Express your happiness to God. God, you are awesome. I am so thankful. Psalm 77.1, I yell out to God. I yell with all my might. I yell at the top of my lungs. He listens. Have you ever yelled to God? David did. Yell to him. He listens. He's there for it. Psalm 94, 19. When I was upset and beside myself, you calmed me down and cheered me up. When I'm upset, man, he calms me down. He is near to the brokenhearted. God can handle all of your feelings. He's not surprised. He's not disappointed. He's not mad at you. He understands you. You don't have to deny or stuff any of your emotional needs. And on the flip side, don't pay so much attention that instead of managing your emotions, they are managing you. Emotions are indicators of where we're at. They are not who we are. Emotions are indicators of where we're at. They're not who we are. They're a part of who we are. You heard all the three parts of us and then the three parts of our soul. They're a part. David didn't get stuck in self-pity. He didn't stay in pain. Remember, there's a time to laugh and there's a time to cry. He expressed it. He faced it. And that enabled him to move forward with his life in faith. So the second part of processing is two. Faith the feeling. I know it sounds like I have a lisp. Faith the feeling. Point two. Faith the feeling. Come on. This is self-management. This is how do I respond to my emotions with faith? And we're going to look at Psalm 42 because I think David does this so well. Verse 3, I'm on a diet of tears. Tears for breakfast, tears for supper. That's really depressing. <laughs> tears all day. He expressed his feeling. He didn't ignore it. He said, this hurts God. And then he asked himself, why do I feel this way? Verse 5, why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? If something hurts, that's an indicator that it needs healing. You want to face that thing and then apply some faith to it. Jeremiah 6.14 says, you can't heal a wound by saying it's not there. You got to identify it. You got to say that it's there. You got to reveal it. Come on. You reveal that feeling so that it can be healed. So when you're faithing your feeling, you're comparing it to what God says. Your feeling is valid, but it's not always fact. Your feeling is real. It's not a bad thing. There are seasons for all the feelings. We feel them, and we face them, and then we get them into alignment with the truth of who God says we are. And David did that in the rest of Psalm 42, verse 6. Fix my eyes on God. Soon I'll be praising again. Fix my eyes on God. Soon, I'll be praising again. I love that. He says that in faith. He doesn't say, fix my eyes on God and everything's perfect. He says, I fix my eyes on him. I make a decision and soon I'll be praising again by faith. It says, come on. He puts a smile on my face. God does that. 
He's my God. When my soul is in the dumps, I rehearse everything I know of you, God. When my soul is in the dumps, I rehearse what I know about God. I fix my eyes on him. Then God promises to love me all day. He sings songs all through the night. He sings over us. My life is God's prayer. I love it. He expressed the feelings, and then he turned his thoughts to God. When I'm sad, God puts a smile on my face. I fix my eyes on him. When I'm sad, I rehearse everything that I know of God. I practice being thankful. David does those things in faith. He doesn't fake a new feeling. He says, I choose a principle to fix my eyes on God. And in faith, and my feelings follow, I'll soon be praising again. Wherever you're at with your feelings, choose to live by God's principles, even if you don't feel like doing them, until you feel it again. That's how faith works. When you're sad, tell God and ask him to help you process it. If you don't express it in a healthy way, there's a chance that you'll find another way to express it. Sometimes you get mad and maybe you punch a wall, which will hurt your hand a lot. Don't do that. Or maybe you feel triggered by something, so you self-medicate. That's not going to help your life. Or maybe you feel like you just want to build a wall, but that will keep the connections that you need out of your life. Philippians 1.10, you need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent. I love that. Use your head with your feelings. Test your feelings. Proverbs 14.30, a sound mind makes for a robust body, but runaway emotions corrode the, bo the bones. Runaway emotions corrode the bones. Our emotions are just one part of our soul. If they're always in the driver's seat, we are missing out on the other parts. We're missing out on who we are. We're missing our spirit that runs after God, our mind, our will, our body. Our emotions aren't meant to override our intellect and our will in the same way our mind and our will without our emotions is lacking. We need all of them. We need all three to be who God created us to be and experience the life that he created us to live. If you look back at this weekend, what emotions have you felt? Did you feel anything? Did you express it? Did you suppress it? If you expressed it, was it in a helpful way or was it in a harmful way? Did you remind yourself of what God said about you? If you didn't, you can start today. Come on. You have a new framework to process your emotions. A few weeks ago, I was talking with a friend of mine. She stopped by the church, and she had all of her kids, and they came in. We were talking for a few minutes, and um, I said, where's your baby? And she's like, oh, yeah, my baby's still out in the car. Like, she had left the heat running thinking it would be, like, one second, and then we ended up talking, and she forgot for a moment that she had a baby. <laughs> and... That's really easy to do. That's why they have signs at Walmart like, hey, check your car for all your children. <laughs> Does that make her a bad mom? No. Does that mean she's not a mom? No. It makes her a mom who forgot for a moment who she was. It makes her someone who forgot who she was. And that made me think about us. When you follow Jesus, there will be times that maybe you forget for a moment who you are. Maybe you forget that God promises to provide for all of your needs, so you start to worry. Maybe you forget that you're the head and not the tail, 
so you feel tired, you feel overwhelmed by life. Maybe you forgot that Jesus loves you no matter what, so you feel unloved. Does that make you a bad follower of Jesus? No. Does that make you not a follower of Jesus anymore? No. It makes you a follower of Jesus who forgot for a moment who they were, just like my friend. David said in Psalm 103:2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. David's a man after God's own heart, and he reminded his soul not to forget all of God's benefits. Because sometimes we forget what's available to us in Jesus, in our humanity. We forget who we are. And that doesn't make us bad people. It makes us humans. Hello, connect the dots. Sometimes we settle for the level of our circumstances instead of rising to the level of our potential. Don't settle for your circumstances. Rise to your potential of who God says you are. When you forget who you are, get around people who help you remember. That's our third point today. Feel with friends. Feel with friends. The same way that I asked my friend, so where's your baby today? That's what we want to do to remind each other of who we are. That's why I love this church. It's full of people of hope who remind each other of who God says they are. People who see each other the way that God sees them. We all need reminders of who we are. And other people need us to be that for them too. They need us to notice them. They need us to be empathetic to their perspective, help them face it, faith it, and move forward with compassion. I love Romans 15. It says, those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter, not just do what's most convenient for us. Strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look, come on, each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? When was the last time you looked around and said, how can I help? Verse three, that's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't make it easy for himself by avoiding people's troubles. He waded right in and he helped out. It says, I took on the troubles of the troubled is the way the scripture puts it. Even if it was written in scripture long ago, you can be sure it's written for us today. God wants the combination of his steady, constant calling and his warm personal counsel in scripture to come to characterize us, keeping us alert for whatever he'll do next. His steady, constant calling. He's dependable. He's steady. And he calls us up. He believes in us. And his warm personal counsel, his warmth, his empathetic understanding, his counsel. When was the last time you noticed someone else's feelings where you gave them a steady, constant call up and a warm personal counsel? If you noticed, did you say anything to them? Did you see a friend celebrating and celebrate with them? Did you see someone struggling and acknowledge their pain? Maybe just gave them a hug. That's good. Be the person who reminds them in those moments of who they are. Because maybe they've forgotten. We all forget at times because we're human. Or maybe they never knew. And maybe that's you today. And you're like, I don't even know what all of this is. Who is this Jesus? He wants to connect with you. 
or maybe you walked away from him, he wants to connect back up with you today. The Bible says he is not a high priest who can't empathize with our humanity, but he's experienced everything that we feel. When you connect with Jesus, he helps you to discover who you really are. He knew you before you were born. He formed you and he sees your whole future in front of you. When you know Jesus, he helps you to become the person you were meant to be. He unlocks things within you, you didn't even know were there. He's an ever-present help in times of trouble. He is near to you when your heart is broken. He believes in you more than you believe in yourself. And he rejoices over you with singing, come on. Everything, come on. Everything that you've experienced, everything that you're going through right now, he's experienced it too. And he wants you to come to him confidently and express those things to him. He wants, you to, he wants to help you with those things by faith. He loves you. 